Welcome to the weekly message from Rama Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rama.org.au forward slash media. Opening your word up to us today. Father, I thank you for uh, all the fathers that are here. Uh, fathers here on the earth, Lord. Uh, We thank you. You're the greatest father, but we thank you, Father, that we would be nothing uh, without you. We could not father without you. We could not even do anything with any kind of excellence without you. So thank you, Heavenly Father, uh, for being our father. And we thank you as we get into your word today. You help us in Jesus' name. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. You know, I I like this statement I heard uh, a long time ago, and uh, it just doesn't seem to want to leave me, but the law condemns the best of us, and grace, hallelujah, will save the worst of us. Don't you like that? The law condemns the best of us, but grace will save the worst of us. And thank God for that, because without God and his grace, where would we be? And even like, if you're a father here, um, you know, just thinking about, this says I'm a super dad. Well, I would be a terrible dad, and even, I don't know how great a one I was, but I I just know one thing, anything I've done, it's by his grace and his assistance, because it would be hard to do anything with any kind of excellence without him. And I'm talking about spiritual things. Uh, We just, he, he makes... He makes us excellent. So why don't you hear, anybody that's a father here today, let's just the fathers say this. Can you say this with me? Say that he makes me excellent. It's by his grace that I can father. And so that is so true. Now I'm going to take this off only because it's kind of like, in a sense, too tight on my neck, and it makes it a little... Uh, the, the drainage thing and the sinuses get affected when that's too tight. So anyway, time to go on. Okay. Thank you. So you didn't really like that? You loved it? But you have a Superman shirt on. Okay. So here's the text scripture today that we're going to look at. John chapter 10 and verse number 30. It says, the Father and I are one. And I, I love that scripture from... Uh, that Jesus said that. He said, the Father and I are one. And, the, and so there's a lot of things that we're going to say about that today because Jesus, of course, you know, he was conceived by the Holy Spirit, but he had an earthly father, but then he had his heavenly father. And so like everyone else, he had two fathers, an earthly father, somebody that raised him on the earth, but then he had the heavenly father. So he's making this statement, and he's saying the father, the heavenly father, and I are one. So we want to talk about that today. Uh, As we get going, I want to just say, and and a lot of you know this because you've heard my story before, but I want to refresh your uh, memories, and maybe some of you say, boy, we hear, hear that quite often. But, of course, when I was growing up, I had an earthly father, and he's still alive today at 88 years old. But my father did not know Jesus as Lord. My father had a great desire to be a good father. Uh, he never, and now today there's so many books on parenting, but my father's 88. Back in those days, there weren't very many books on parenting. So, you know, the way that he did it is who's ever the strongest is going to win. So uh, when we did something wrong, 
And, and it's amazing. My father, probably about that tall, but like dynamite, and he actually moved like lightning. So there's times that I did things that weren't really good, and it was like a streak of lightning came across the room, and the first thing that met me was his fist right in the face. And then I'm, I'm like on the ground, and he's like, boom, 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 boom. And in and his mind, that's, he really wanted to correct me. And that's the only way he knew how to correct me because he saw me as a stubborn young guy. So he's thinking, I want to be a good father and I got to get this guy lined up. So, you know, like that. And so that happened with me. I had six brothers and that happened with not all of us. And so in today's world, of course, you get in trouble probably for doing those kind of things. Back in that world, uh, you could do a lot of things and not get in trouble for it. Uh, But I just always thought my father wanted me to behave. And so the reason he's doing this is he wants me to behave. And I thought, well, someday I might try to behave, you know. (laughs) But what happened is, without even knowing that it was going to happen, I had a brother that found Jesus as Lord. He accepted Jesus Christ as Lord. And you know the story that I went to save and rescue him. And in the process, because we thought he was in a cult, but we saw that he was acting drastically different. We thought he was in a cult. I went to rescue him, and I am the one that got rescued. I found Jesus Christ is Lord. And, and you all know that are sitting here that are Christians, as soon as you find him as Lord, you get a heavenly father. A heavenly father. Now, the most amazing thing about getting our heavenly father, the Bible tells us when we're born again that the Holy Spirit comes in us, and we have the Holy Spirit in us. We're sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise. Our salvation is sealed that way. And we have the Holy Spirit in us, and when the Holy Spirit comes, the Bible tells us that God puts his word in us. The Heavenly Father becomes our Father. The most amazing thing to me is, first of all, the love and compassion of God came into my heart. And I had such a love for my father that my number one mission was to get my father, my mother, and the rest of my brothers saved. That was my number one mission. Because I know that I love my father so much that I didn't want him to go to hell for eternity. And, and, and so what am I saying is like, when my heavenly father got into my life, it caused me to love my earthly father. I understood, first of all, myself better, and it's, of course, a process, but then I understood my earthly father better. Because when you start getting an understanding that people that don't know the Lord, they're going to act a certain way, then even Christians, depending on how they are doers of God's word, it's up to us to do the Word of God. It's up to us to yield to the Holy Spirit. And some are quicker and some are more consistent in it. But when you understand the Father and you get the love and compassion in you, it surely is easier to love and be compassionate to others. And that's the first thing that happened to me. And I began to understand so much more, and especially my earthly father, so here's just a few photos to, like, this father-like son. Look at these, you know, like how fathers and son. And then look at this next one. And daughters, fathers and daughters. And uh, look at this one. All, all the way that we like to imitate our even earthly fathers. Uh, look at this one. And I, I, that one reminds me of Liliana when we, we were living in Sicily when she was only about five, we, we moved there when she was about five months old, and then she, f- I don't know how, when she start, when, when did they start walking again? I, I forget. 
She walked at nine months, okay? So when she was like nine months old and she learned how to walk, I used to like get ready for, to teach uh, the word and I would go like this and I'd walk and I'd be praying in the Holy Spirit. And if you're with us today and you don't know what praying in the Holy Spirit is, well, it's a different language. So I'm praying in the Holy Spirit and as soon as she began to walk, I heard Patsy laughing one day when I was walking and praying and I looked and Liliana's walking behind me just like this. And then she wasn't filled with the Holy Spirit, so she was just like trying to imitate me, and she was just mumbling. She was going blum, 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 you know, just mumbling. <laughs> but it was so cute because they, they, they watch us, and they want to do what we do. Look at this one. You know, just like father like son, like daughter. Uh, look at the next one. You know, even... Uh, and how about this one? <laughs> The cone heads. Here's another one. <laughs> another one. Another one. And then the last one here. And then see this one, it started off, they were a little bit younger, but then there they are. The son's grown up and he's still doing that. So you know this father-like son. And so you see that with Jesus, though, but uh, we want to look at Jesus and go back to that scripture uh, where it says, the father and I are one. And so I find it interesting that he grew up, you know, and we know, if, you're, if you know anything about the Bible, Jesus' father was a carpenter, and then Jesus worked alongside his father, and we know Jesus started his public ministry when he was 30 years old, and then he was crucified around 33, you know, in that, around that, so about three, three and a half years later, he's crucified. So he spent 30 years with his earthly father, working alongside him, okay? And his earthly father was a carpenter, so then now we have Jesus making this statement, and he says, now, not his earthly father, but he says his heavenly father. He says, the father and I are one. And so right away that catches my attention because he spent 30 years with his earthly father, uh, and, and then he starts a public ministry. And so you know the 30 years that he spent with his earthly father, if he starts making statements like the father and I are one, we know during the 30 years of being respectful and even honoring to his earthly father because we know that he, was, they, they, he stayed back to begin teaching and his parents went to find him and when they found him, they said, you know, it wasn't his time yet and he honored them as authorities in his life and he went back home with them because his time had not yet come. So he honored his natural parents and, and he spent all that time with his father but while he, while he was doing that, he was spending much time with his heavenly father. And so because he spent all this time with his heavenly father, he said, you know, the father and I are one. And not only were they one in spirit, but he also thought like his heavenly father. Okay? So today what we want to look at is the power of connection. All right? The power of connection. And what is that? It's that the, how Jesus was connected with his heavenly father we, we want to take a look at because there's like awesome benefits this power of connection with all of us with our heavenly father all right so here's like four things and we could even have more but we only have so much time here's four things that this connection the power of connection uh how it benefits us and how we're going to look at jesus in particular but with Jesus, the first thing you see is the power of connection, that connection brings oneness. Connection brings oneness. 
So Jesus, as we said, spends all that time with his heavenly Father. But what we see here, when Jesus makes the statement, the Father and I are one, he is revealing his closest connection. His closest connection. And I think this is important for all Christians that we, we you know, prioritize you know, the closest connection. Like who do we, you know, what, what's, what's the priority? And, and somebody might say, well, I, don't get your feelings hurt, but like for our children, I would rather, as, as a father, I think if I could direct them to the Heavenly Father, if they spend more time with the Heavenly Father and they honor the Heavenly Father more than me, then I'm doing a good job, okay? But it's amazing that if we can get our kids to the Heavenly Father and they spend time with the Heavenly Father, the results of that will be what Jesus did where he honored his natural parents. Uh, that, because when you get close to God, you'll honor authority and you'll honor elders and et cetera. Okay, so uh, he, he had earthly parents, uh, like we, we all, I have a natural father and a heavenly father, and anybody sitting in here, you, you had a natural father, you, uh, some of your fathers are gone home, and some are still here, but then anybody that's a Christian, you have a, a heavenly father, so we could say all Christians have two fathers, and Jesus had the same thing going on, his, his uh, earthly father, Joseph, and his heavenly father, okay? So here's a couple thoughts then along in addition to having an earthly father, we have friends and we have connections with people. So it's really important to have uh, connection and fellowship and friends. And, and that's an important thing. But today we're going to see the, the most vital thing, and we see this in Jesus' life, his closeness and oneness with his heavenly father was the most vital thing in his life. Most important, the most vital. So Jesus, you could say this, he was united, he was merged, he was fused, he was connected, he was joined in union to and with his heavenly Father. Now, if you're with us today and, uh, and Jesus Christ isn't your Lord and you're not what we, you know, you've, you may have heard the term a born-again Christian, so the way that you get united with God this way is through Jesus Christ. That's how it happens. Uh, and that's when Jesus walked on the earth, he made the statement, he said, there's only one way to God. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man can come to the Father except by me or through me. And so what happens is when you come to the Father through Jesus Christ and you confess him as Lord, the Holy Spirit comes in you okay and when this holy spirit comes in you then we can say the same thing that we're united we're merged we're fused we're connected we're joined we're in union with in union to with the heavenly father that's what happens to us that's what happened to me and so when that happened to me you know it's a drastic change your destiny everything is changed and you're changed that happened to jesus so in like in conclusion to this first thing we want to look at, Jesus' closest connection was to his heavenly Father. Okay, his heavenly Father. And then moving on, this is all going to build. The second thing about the power of connection is connection influences. <clears throat> connection influences. All right, and we see this with Jesus. Again, going back, he worked alongside his earthly father as a carpenter uh, and then... What amazes me is that he spent all that time, but then when he started to talk, 
Now, this is an amazing thing, and this does not mean that Jesus disrespected his earthly father, but what it means is his relationship with his heavenly father was his main influencer. Okay? So when Jesus, there's not really a scripture that you can find in the Gospels where Jesus mentioned his earthly father. But he always said, my father in heaven. My father in heaven. He always was referring to that. So uh, we think about, now, here's another thought. Jesus had a good earthly father. We cannot find any scriptures that show us that Joseph was a bad father. You don't really find any scriptures. Joseph was a good father, and we know that. And even we know that how he took his wife that got pregnant by the Holy Spirit, and that's big-time stuff, and if you're with us today and you're not a Christian, you say, I don't understand that. Well, you, don't worry about it, but Jesus took his wife and fled while she was pregnant. He was a good father. So here Jesus has a good father, and, um, and even though that's so, it was his father that he couldn't see on the earth. It was his father that he really couldn't feel. It was the father that was up in heaven that had the most influence by greatly, it, it, by far the most influence was his heavenly father. I find all of that very interesting, okay? So we, we can say this, that we can allow our heavenly father, of course, to be our main influencer, and we know that Jesus' greatest influence was his heavenly father. Now, this is going somewhere, because like, like as we start thinking about this, somebody might say, well, I, I just didn't have a good experience with my father. Hey, good news, you know, make, you make Jesus Christ your Lord, and it doesn't matter what happened here on the earth with your earthly father, because as soon as you get a heavenly father, that heavenly father, we get united, and he comes on the inside, and all of the stuff that he brings with him, it can even erase every memory of a bad experience with an earthly father. Okay? Here's the third thing today. That, uh, the third thing about the power of connection is connection empowers work. Okay, so Jesus, his closest uh, connection was with his father. His father was his main influencer, but his father was also the one, that connection empowered him to work. And so, so when I was growing up, my father was a machinist, and then he became a tool and die maker. You know, the difference, if you don't know what that is, like a machinist, you can get by with addition and subtraction and multiplication and a few things but when you go into tool and die making it's like algebra and trigonometry and that kind of stuff so i was i was a machinist and i you know all the you know division subtraction and multiplication and that kind of stuff a few little things there but then if you're going to go tool and die making we're talking algebra trigonometry and all that stuff and my father was a tool and die maker and he he was good at all that stuff well he suggested to me that i should be a machinist because he was a machinist and I took his advice, and I became a machinist. It took eight years to do that. And so that was one of the things. Uh, went to school and, and got a real estate license so I could sell real estate. I went to refrigeration and air conditioning school. Don't know why I did it. I didn't know why I was on the earth, so I'm, I went to refrigeration and air conditioning school. Then, then uh, opened up a business, you know, because just didn't know really what I was on the earth yet for. So I was just, like, doing all these things, doing, I thought, the more the better. Um, and uh, you learn when you do that because you find out, you think you can work a 40-hour job as a machinist and sell real estate, and that's, anybody that sells real estate knows you've got to put some time into it. 
they, they kind of get you to believe you can do it on the side, but man, when you're working 40 hours in a machine shop, standing on concrete floors eight hours a day, you know, five days a week, you don't feel like doing much after that. But anyway, still got it. <laughs> Never did much with it because it's just hard to fit it in. But so what am I saying? It's like, you know, you can get involved in all of these uh, various things, and I'm looking, I'm looking for myself because I didn't know why. So I, I've told you guys this before that I was so shallow that all I really wanted was a lot of money, I wanted to have a penthouse with the nicest car with a lot of money, and I never planned on getting married. That was how I was before I met the Lord. So I was like, open up a business, get a real estate, you know, how much money can you make? And that was where I was going. And then my brother uh, ended up getting saved, and we thought he got into a cult. I went to rescue my brother, and that's when I got rescued, and I met Jesus Christ as my Lord, and he came into my life. Okay, so that, you've heard that story before. Well, I just find it interesting that Jesus now, when he talked, his main influencer, he, when he talked, he said, whatever I see my father do, I do. Whatever I hear my father say, I say. He made statements like, my father's working, and so am I. And he did this after people were healed, after he ministered to people. He was in this, like, connection with the heavenly father, uh, Actually, the Bible says when he came to earth that he was the express image of the Father God. He revealed God to mankind. Previously, before Jesus came, the world thought God was bad. And Jesus then came and he revealed a compassionate, loving Father to the world. That's what he, when he came to do that. So here's a look at John chapter 17 and verse 4. It says, I brought glory to you here on the earth by completing the work that you gave me to do. So we could say this about Jesus, that Jesus' union with his Father instructed and empowered him to work. Okay? And, and I, I want you to notice that because when you get in union with God, I thought it was interesting in the Old Testament that a donkey spoke. A donkey spoke in the Old Testament now, think about how did a donkey know how to speak? I like to say it this way. When God's Holy Spirit comes upon us, not only does he enable us, but he also instructs us. So he came on a donkey, and the donkey actually spoke. And so when the Holy Spirit comes on us, he not only enables us to do stuff, but he actually shows us how to do it. And so Jesus, you know, he was enabled and instructed also with this connection and the power to work. So every Christian... We're, we're enabled and we're empowered to work because of our Heavenly Father. And then the fourth thing about power of connection is this, that connection makes us full. Connection makes us full. And there again, we see in the life of Jesus, uh, there were various people that I'm sure had plans for Jesus. You know, his father was training him up to do that. Uh, his mother may have had another plan. My mother wanted me to be a Catholic priest. My father said, be a machinist. But then you have your friends, and your friends tell you what they think you should do. And then you have other, you have a spiritual realm and influence from a spiritual world. Now, I was really yielding to the realm of the spirit because I was very naughty, and I wasn't a very good person. And I was yielding to that realm. There's a lot of voices in the world, and there's a lot of different people that have plans for us. And I was really being a good yielder to that, that part of the world, the spiritual realm. 
Okay, but then, then the Father has plans. And here's what I thought was so interesting that as Jesus grew up, you know, he had this connection with his heavenly Father. And so what you see is that the plan the Father had for Jesus grew and overruled the plan that anyone else had for him. Okay? So the plan's like, what, what does that mean? Does that mean that everyone should be like Jesus? No, I'm not saying that. Does that mean everyone should copy somebody else? That's not what we're saying. But like maybe to put it even practically, uh, in, in our 830 service today, we had Jude, Jude and Deb were here. And uh, Jude and Deb, Jude, Jude went out to buy, like I heard the story, he went out to get a Superman shirt, I guess, for today. Uh, and then what ha- ended up, he didn't have a Superman shirt on, but what happened is he led the salesperson to the Lord. They got saved. And so what I'm saying is it doesn't matter what kind of work we do, but you just get so full of the plan that heaven has that you see yourself as the Bible says that we're, we can rec- we're reconciliators of people that are lost. We reconcile people to God. We have the ministry of reconciliation. So Jude is so full of that that no matter where he goes, and there's other people that we have sitting in this congregation today, they're so full of that that no matter where they go, they're thinking, I'm going to reconcile that person to God. So they might uh, have a work that they do on the earth, but they're so full of the Father's plan that they end up doing that no matter where they go. Okay, so this is what you see with Jesus. Look at John, John chapter 8 and verse number 19. It says, they asked him this question. They said, where is your father? Now, it's interesting. I, I put myself in this cat. I thought, what if somebody came up to me and said, where's your father? You know, would I say that he's in heaven or would I say that he lives in Ohio on the other side of the world? And isn't that interesting how we, most of us are, So as long as I've been walking with God, as long as I've been studying the Bible, you know, no matter how much I can teach, I got like my Dropbox account has tons of notes that I've taught on all these subjects, 15-hour classes, and you do all that, and somebody says, where's your father? Oh, he's in Ohio. When they said to Jesus, like, where's your father? Well, he's up in heaven. You see what I'm trying to say today? Like, as fathers, as people, our greatest influence, like we really, like, question ourselves, how how much are we allowing him to influence us? Is that okay to say today? And so I thought they said, where's your father? They asked him, and Jesus answered, since you don't know who I am, you don't know who my father is. If you knew me, you would also know my father. So as soon as they asked him that question, it was like he defers back to the heavenly father. See, see I mean, you know, he was just consumed. He was just so full of the heavenly father. All right. Um, so he didn't point them to his earthly father. He didn't refer to his earth. Now, that wasn't out of disrespect to the earthly father. He was just so full of heaven, so full of the father, God. So we could say that this, that Jesus was so full of his father's plan that no other plan could move him. He was so full of his father's plan that no other plan could move him. All right, that, that, that even reminds me, you know, of the whole story about, you know, uh, oh, now my mind went blank, the Good Samaritan, you know, and somebody was hurt and they were hurting, and the religious people, they walked by, but now when the Good Samaritan came, he's the one that stopped, 
And it's almost like getting so full of God that you, you know, and, and we're all, we can all be guilty. We all have schedules and we all have things to do. But if you ever see somebody that's really hurting, that you could, you're so full of God and His love that you would actually stop for a hurting person and get off your schedule. And this is when you see Jesus walked on the earth, He would go off His schedule to go here, to go there. He would be going somewhere else, but He'd end up taking it because somebody was hurting. And so this is something that we see. So just, you know, some practical application of what we're talking about. Here's some things that just wrap it up today. Our most vital connection is to our Heavenly Father. So like for, for all the men here, the best thing we can do and, and the best thing everyone in this building can do is lead people to the Heavenly Father. That's the most vital connection. You know, and if we can get them there and we can get them to start learning about So we could say that connection to our Heavenly Father, what happens is it brings life, it brings light, it brings love, it brings healing, uh, it, uh, it's fresh vision, purpose, and all of those things. When you are introduced to the Heavenly Father, it's, it's, all, it's destiny changing, whatever you want to say there. Then here's, here's a thought too. Whatever we ponder the most moves us the most. Whatever you ponder the most will move you the most. Okay? And so you see that in the life of Jesus. You see, wow, you know, what was he pondering? They go like, where's your father? And he goes, well, my father, if you knew me, you would know my father, and my father's up in heaven. You know, so not out of disrespect to his earthly father, but you can see what he was full of, and you can see what was moving him, and you can see what he was pondering. And so we could also then say uh, that forgetting our past, uh, that's not what I want to say. Um, the next one is pondering the things of heaven will influence us to do the things of heaven. Yeah. And that's what you see with Jesus. He was so full and so pondering the things of heaven that he wanted to do the things of heaven. So sometimes we get caught up into life, and while we're being caught up into life, we're not really thinking about heaven and the things of heaven. It's easy to really get caught up in life. And then when you get caught up into life, you know, we just get short-sighted. Is it okay to say that? You get short-sighted with life. We're all responsible for it. I'm just up here to deliver this, but I have to make sure I don't get short-sighted because I get caught up into life. You, and, and, you know, you might think, well, well, you're a pastor. You shouldn't have that. Well, uh, starting next week, you know, we got business to do. We got, there's business to run corporation. There's, there's uh, planning. There's uh, systems to develop. There's, there's processes. There's policies. There's all of this other stuff. It's, there's all of that work. So if I don't watch it, I, I'll get caught up into work like anyone else does, and I, I'll be the guy that goes by somebody that's hurting because I got, I got schedules to keep. I, I got things to do. So it goes for all of us. Uh, so Jesus was always aware of people, and he was always aware that they were hurting, and he was always, you know, uh, sensitive to that, okay? So he pondered the right stuff, we could say. Now here's, here's another thing, that forgetting our past becomes easier when we ponder our future okay now now so if you're with us today and you say well I, I didn't have my past hasn't been good you might be with us today and you say well I didn't have that great of an earthly father you know well here's the wonderful thing about it like if you choose to ponder your future and ponder on the things of God 
all of that that happened in the past, it'll be uh, wiped away. I don't, the words, all I can say is that when God came in me by the Holy Spirit, the love and compassion of God came in me, and, and it was like, like a supernatural love that I had for my father. And so if you're with us today and you said, I, I didn't have a very good father, just yield to that supernatural love, and God, God will help even your mind, those memories, and in your mind, the love of God and the blood of Jesus can cleanse and erase all of that. And he wants to do that. And, and so, like, thinking about that, you know, pondering our future, well, it's Jesus and the work that he finished on the cross that guarantees our future. You know, and, and you find that out as you grow into Christianity. Uh, you know, there's different levels. And, and I remember that, uh, that when we first got saved, we went to this Bible study in the basement of a Catholic church, and um, there was this lady that we met there, and I was always, I don't know, I, I trust that I'm not like that any longer, but I was skeptical. But my brother Joe, he was like, he, he was like, before he got saved, he was a mean dude, and he liked to beat up people and fight. Then he became a teddy bear overnight. And so we were at this, like, Bible study in the basement of a Catholic church, and we were just, got, we were only saved a couple weeks, and there was this lady there, and then she did these kind of things that, you know, and I, I'm not afraid of this, and I, I, I used to go to an old-fashioned Pentecostal church, as we say, and, you know, you're, you're doing all this, and she, was, and she was, like, giving all these words out, to, personal words out to everybody, and my brother Joe said, hey, can you come over our house and he gave her our address, and we didn't even know this lady, and can you give all the, you know, come to our house. And so this lady, uh, on Christmas, like Eve or some really close to Christmas, we had family over, or friends, and they're sitting at our table, and she knocks on the door. And we thought, oh, wow, my, like my brother Joe and I were the only ones saved and Christians, and she comes in, and then she sits down at the table and starts talking to my parents and all the, the family like she knew them. And, and then she, uh, my father, so he said, like, come here. And, and I went in the other room with my father, and he worked midnight turns, so he was getting ready to go off to work because he worked from 11 o'clock at night to 7 in the morning. He said, if you don't get rid of her, and I find out you don't get rid of her, I will break your, this is my father, I'll break your legs when I get back tomorrow. <laughs> that's, that's the way he motivated me. You know? I thought, i got to get rid of this lady. <laughs> or my father's, you know. So um, I said, hey, come here. And I pulled her in the other room, and I got her into the living room, and my, my mother, my father left, and she stayed with our company. And, um, and I said, you know, uh, those, those people there are my, my, they're my parents' friends, so if you could please just stay here. So they left, and then when they left, she started to do that, and she said, and she gave me a word. She goes, my son Tony, when my, when my servant Carolyn is ministering and doing my work, never interrupt her again. <laughs> and I go, oh, wow. You know, and I thought, I'm really sorry. <laughs> I, I didn't, but I was just trying to make my earthly father happy, <laughs> you know, and so to make a long story short, she, my, my brother then down the road, he ends up pastoring a church in our hometown, and she became, she became one of his favorite members. She became like a favorite, and she just had a wonderful, fruitful time. She, she was older than us, and she went home to be with the Lord, but you know, 
my brother, like he didn't know back then, that, and you don't know when you get saved, that, you know, he said, come over to the house. He wanted everyone to get words, and he wanted all of us to get direction. And so what you see there is, you know, we, we look at that, that next thing there, that it's Jesus and the work that he finished on the cross that guarantees our future. We started to find out as Christians, when you find out who you are, and you find out what you have, and then you find out how to be led by the Holy Spirit. It's a wonderful thing. You start pondering on all those things, and then it's like you can discern the will of God for you. And then sometimes then God will send somebody to give you a word. Somebody will show up with a word, but it confirms what you already know. And we didn't know that. So my brother's like saying, come over, because we, we don't know. We've just been saved a couple weeks, and we all need to get a word. And, and so she came to do it, exactly what he did. Well, it's a wonderful thing now. You get God on the inside of you, and then you start finding out who you are. And guess what? You start, you're able now to help other people. And that's the wonderful thing about it. So here's, here's a few other thoughts, and then we'll close up today. Our earthly surroundings and work are not meant to form or influence us. Okay? Now, now, what's that? Like when you go rub shoulders out there with the world, the world talks a certain way. Am I right? The world thinks a certain way. The world has certain attitudes. And it's really important for us as Christians that when we go out and we rub shoulders out there, that we don't model ourselves and let even people, like, you know, my hero, and, and some of you guys heard, my hero was, I had a couple heroes before I got saved. It was like Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, Sylvester Stallone, Lou Ferrigno. They were all the bodybuilders. Like all of my like heroes were the bodybuilders. So I would like to go, hey, I'm Rocky. You know, where's Adrian? You know, and, and all like, because th that, that was who my heroes were. You know, and they're, so they form and you follow them. I, I would read Arnold Schwarzenegger. You know, what does he say about building up the body? You know, and you know, you start talking like Arnold that becomes your hero and that who they they form and influence you then you start thinking like that you and here's the thing when you get to know the father the heavenly father who we rub shoulders with and all that that that's, that's that should not form or influence us so the last thing then we want to say is then being one with our heavenly father should make us the influencers in other words, when we go somewhere, we're not going there and we're not being influenced and they're not forming our words and our beliefs and our actions and our attitudes, but we go because the Heavenly Father is changing us and we go and we're like the influencers, okay? And this is what you see with Jesus. You know, Jesus was so full of the Father that anywhere he went, there's nobody that can influence him the wrong way. He was the one that did all the influencing, so even when the devil took him up to tempt him, and the devil says, you know, uh, if you do this, I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world if you worship me. And Jesus said, it is written, you only shall worship the Lord your God, and him only will you worship. And everything that the devil did, Jesus said, no, it is written. It's like you get so full, and the Heavenly Father has such an effect on you that when somebody else says something that doesn't line up, you know it doesn't line up. Now, now like at, at your job if you want to stay at peace, if you work inside an office or something like that, you know, you don't have to answer them like Jesus answered the devil. You know, you want long relationships. Sometimes, you know, you do understand you just need to smile and keep your mouth shut. You know what I'm saying? 
and you have to have wisdom because it's an everyday thing and sometimes it doesn't happen overnight, so you, you have to use wisdom. But at least you don't let them form or influence you. You can let them talk and you can even give them a smile. And you, know, you don't even have to be ugly and mean to them self-righteous or any of that stuff, but they're not what's forming you. And this is what you see with Jesus, okay? So I, I think it's a wonderful thing. So like even you, you guys, all the fathers, and let's just all say this all together, if you'll even close your eyes and say this, because I think this is so important for this uh, today on Father's Day, but if you'll just say this with me, say, the Father God, the Father God lives in me, lives in me. by His Spirit. His attributes, his character, who he is, has been imparted to me. So everything he is and everything he has has been imparted to me. The Bible says God changes not. Therefore, God is stable. God is consistent. He is not up and down, but he is consistent. Therefore, because I have him as my father, I can be consistent. I can be stable. I have his attributes. I have his character in me. Everything that he is and everything that he represents I can walk and model that. Now, I choose not to condemn myself. I choose not to be guilty of past failures. My past is past at last. It is finished. The blood of Jesus cleanses me, and tomorrow is a new day. Today is a new day. His mercies are new today. His grace is for me today. Tomorrow there will be new mercy and there will be new grace. So my past is past. I am completely cleansed from my sin because I say, Father, thank you for cleansing me from my sin. I am forgiven. The power of forgiveness empowers me to overcome all sin. It's knowing that I am totally forgiving that brings hope that I can see light for the future. I am a new creature in Christ. I am washed by the blood. My tomorrows are bright because I have a heavenly Father. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Praise God. Thanks for listening. We're always encouraged to hear how God is using this ministry to change lives. If you have a story you would like to share about how God is working in your life, please let us know and send us an email at church at if you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at rhema.org.au.